from Hamster Wheel Publishing. This is Freewheeling. The show that answers your questions about veterinary business and leadership. With me, Dr. Dave Nichol. Hey guys, welcome to today's Freewheeling episode. So, no questions today, just another Dave rant. Um, but this is this is something that is has been boiling around in my brain for a little while. And it's kind of a combination of three inputs today. So one thing, I'm watching my daughter learn to read at the minute, which is super cool watching that evolution happening in her brain. Second thing is I've been riffing on growth mindset. Uh, and that was uh, that's a, 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 a phrase described by Carol Dweck. Um, uh, and also then a book called... Um, Bounce by Matthew Said, and I have to say that the two books, Growth Mindset and Matthew Said's book Bounce, are very closely related in that they talk about this impact of thinking we're really good at something, and so and how that affects our subsequent ability to grow and develop as individuals. And I think when I'm looking at my daughter learning and growing just now, and a lot of my time is spent thinking about training, coaching, developing vets like you, but also practice owners, practice leaders. And then I think about the overall macro of where our industry is just now, I think there's some really interesting lessons or perhaps one or just maybe one, maybe two really good lessons looking at all three of these things. So growth mindset, first of all, and, and the book Bounce. Okay, so let's start with growth mindset. So Carol Dweck in her book is describing people being of a, a one of two mindsets, either a fixed mindset, i.e., we are born, we are given certain talents, that's the way we are, um, and, and you know, there is no growth. Like that's, we're just smart and that's, that's us. Um, versus a growth mindset, which is, okay, we're born, we start at point X and we want to get to point Y or Z, and by the way, we're gonna probably fail and fall over and bump ourselves, and, 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 but we keep going. Um, and the difference between those two mindsets really is whether you're focused on the journey or whether you're focused on the end point. So people in the growth mindset um, have a different perspective on, okay, well, what is the end? And it's almost as if there, there's, there is an objective, but there isn't necessarily an end, if that makes sense. It keeps stretching, it keeps moving, hence the phrase growth mindset. Um, and, and this starts to overlap pretty nicely, uh, or in a big way, with Matthew Said's book, um, Bounce, where he debunks the, the myth of talent. And he presents a very convincing case for why talent is one of the most overrated myths uh, that blights the human race or the, the progress, the, um, the science of progress and performance um, across all fields in humanity. And it's this sense that, that people who are talented rise to the top, that there is some sort of inherent difference between people who rise to the top of their profession and people who are, are just in an, an the average um, echelons of the profession. Um, it's something to do with talent. And he uses examples like Tiger Woods, for example, uh, as being some sort of child prodigy or uh, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart as being some, again, some sort of child prodigy for music. But when you dig into the pasts of these people, what you realize is they had massive amounts of practice um, as primarily what they got very, very early on. And this starts then to look at the science of you know, mastery. And again, there are multiple books out there that you can start looking at. 
um, which start to talk about how many hours of doing anything you need to do in order to master a, a subject. Uh, and the number that keeps coming up again and again and again is about 10,000 hours. So you can maybe start to see where this is all headed in that maybe some of the problems and the challenges we've got, not just within veterinary medicine, I suspect more broadly in life right now, and one of our intergenerational challenges is that we now have a generation of uh, young people growing up who rather than focusing on what they can learn from failure, are becoming rather scared of failure or scared of the consequences of the perceived consequence of failure. Um, and we see that in veterinary medicine with young vets who come out, who start to want, who want to work, who then have, uh, are put into situations where they're either in a very risky failure situation, either unsupported, or they've got a mindset already of, I don't want to experience failure, I'm too scared, because if I fail, that means I'm no good, and if, if I think I'm no good, then what does that mean for me? What, what does that do to my ego in, in the world? So they don't take the risks. So you've got people who are in very risky situations who should be worried because when they fail, they may fail hard. And they're in a state of learning called panic. And then you've got people who stay within a comfortable stage of learning called comfort where there is no growth. You know, somebody else is always making the decisions. Like if you feel like you want to stay in an internship or academia forever and you're not quite sure why, then it might be that you are just seeking that comfort out and you need to step out of that phase in order to grow. It's just interesting watching my daughter learn to read. And it's really interesting watching the impact that the language that I use in encouraging her to read has on her. Uh, and really starting to notice the little details about how she is interacting the world around her. So, for example, when she starts to read, or started to read, uh, she would struggle with letters and then get frustrated and decide, no, don't want to do it, do it because I'm no good. Uh, and, and so in order to get past that, uh, and children have this natural curiosity to keep going back to things if we don't mess with that, I was having to be really careful to, to not, uh, to make failure something joyous for her, to reframe the experience of failure as actually something fun. Um, and, and to encourage her not to, you know, not to reward her too much for when she made a little, had a little breakthrough and suddenly she could recognize the character of, or the shape of the letter A or the sound that two O's make together being an OO. And to not put too much emphasis on rewarding that as progress, but actually focusing on making her feel good for having tried and rewarding the effort into, that goes into trying to learn. Because ultimately what we're seeing and what, what Carol Dweck is arguing and what Matthew Said is arguing and also I think what, what Malcolm Gladwell is arguing when he talks about his mastery of ours is it's the effort, it's the focused effort that we put into a subject that determines how good, how far we go in that subject. Now there are other things that matter in there as well. The, our level of connection, the, the, the degree and the quality of mentoring we get. But there's something really profoundly powerful in there for you if you are a young doctor, and that is to reset your mindset that you are the finished article, to reset your mindset that failure is bad. Instead to say, I'm actually at the start of my career and I'm going to fail and that's okay. And for us as owners and leaders to have a supportive viewpoint of that and think, how can I help this next generation of young doctors 
and nurses, technicians, and anybody who is less experienced than us, and ourselves when we're taking on new challenges like learning leadership or how to run our practices better or be a better boss for the next generation. Rather than say there's one fixed way of do it, doing it or it's wrong, or to punish people when they fail, even if we set them up to fail, as owners, how do we design and build systems that support safe failure? So failing in a safe way. Because ultimately what we have to do is fail and learn, fail and learn, fail and learn, fail and learn until we go from being pretty hopeless in something to being amazing at it. And that was one of the most powerful lessons I took away from the book, that when you look at the finished product of somebody who is winning a gold medal in the Olympics, what you don't see is the 10,000 hours of absolute failure they put in to get that one moment of perfection. What you see is what we all see on Instagram, and that is the gold medal podium moment or them busting through the finish line. You know, you see that one moment of glory and you think that person is naturally talented and that they haven't failed and they haven't messed up. But when you look at the, the careers and the track records of people who've had epic success in your eyes, let me absolutely tell you that you will find epic failures that they have just, not just bounced back from, that's resilience, but then found and overcome and learned from that lesson. That's called tenacity. And then they've kept going using that cycle. And what they've failed to do, or what they've learned not to do, is to storytell themselves out of continuing their journey of safe failing, okay? So for you, if you're a young doctor listening to this, what that means is, get out of the mindset that you're the finished article, get out of the mindset that failure is bad and start looking for opportunities to fail small, okay? Um, and learn, okay? And that means find a supportive practice, find a supportive boss who wants to share that because a lot of us do. And if you're a boss, it means start looking for ways to, to move your team into a stretch mode and be present and, and attentive and teaching them and supporting them so that they can start to grow. Um, and increasingly, as we move into a more corporatized world, this is a challenge for you if you're a leader within the corporate environment, is to build the inherent skill set of your leadership, your leadership capability, that layer above the, the next generation of new graduates that are being sucked into the corporate system, you have to work on that layer, layer above to improve that leadership capacity and capability so that that group can allow the next group to fail small. And that's one of the big challenges I think we have in our profession today. Whether it's independent or corporate, um, I think leadership is the answer for us all. So I will continue practicing failing small every single day. I will continue helping my daughter to fail small and to reward the effort she puts in um, when she's reading and every other step of the way, I'll continue trying to help my teams to do the same. The question is, what can you do to either help yourself fail small by working on your mindset or to help your teams fail small uh, by working on your systems of support? That's what I have for you today. Be safe, be well, be happy, and go fail enough fun doing it. Dr. Dave Thank you for listening to that episode of Freewheeling. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, leave me a rating or review on iTunes. That would be much appreciated. Now, if you want to have your question answered, 
hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. It's at Dr. Dave Nicol. That's D-R-D-A-V-E-N-I-C-O-L. I'll see you in the next episode.